Welcome to the Sports Honchos Radio Show, part of the Go Sports Media Company Radio Network. We're hoping you're here because you've just about had it with everyone and everything else. And you're looking for a pair of good-looking guys to tell it like it is, like it was, and how it should be. Or maybe you've got nothing else to do right now and you just need to waste some time. Either way, you might as well turn it up because it's time for the boys to get in your face, under your skin, over the top, and out of bounds. And now, here are your honchos, Paul Cuthbert and Robert Cuny. Are you ready, Mr. Cuny? I am ready, Mr. Cuthbert. Well, let's go! Yes, watch out for time right here on the Ghost Sports Media Network. Ghost truly, Mr. Paul Cuthbert, holding down the HQ here in the great state of New York. And everybody, please welcome aboard my Honcho's brother, Mr. Robert Cuny from the great state of Maryland. Robert, how are you? And old day soaked greetings and salutations, everybody, and welcome to another glorious showgram. And we Episode have twenty three. Yes, we have at the outset, by the way, some breaking news right in the outset. So, you know, if it's another episode of the Conchos, that means somebody, some pioneer has dropped dead. And I just found out from Rolling Stone, Lou Ottens, inventor of the audio cassette tape, has died at 94. So so we we, we do tonight's show with a slightly heavy heart, Uh, but as true professionals... We're here for you through the yes, grief, and, t- through the and grief. tonight's episode will be uh, available special on cassette next week. Yes, it's a buy one get one. <laughs> yes, go to shop.sportshonchos.com and uh, get your cassette tapes. Well, Rob, when's the last time you uh, popped an old cassette tape into the deck and uh, played uh, cassette there, pal? Played I, I, some uh, some old um, I don't know some old Beatlemania or something. I, I couldn't tell you, but in my garage, I have a. A bin full of cassette tapes, and it that'll some that'll never see the light of day, including the very first time I ever appeared on the radio doing a Sunday overnight show on the mighty Top Forty Z One Hundred Four here in Washington D.C. Talk about some terrible, terrible radio! And one day, one day when the Han shows really get off the ground, and I can to a wide, wide audience completely humiliate myself we'll go through rob's radio resume and we'll play hey me talking like this everybody it's top 40 Woo! hey who's playing the most music yeah. and that's not that's not an act that's how i had to do it that kind of that's souped up stuff, fake man. energy overnight in the middle of the night at three in the morning when only my mother was listening but hey I was still, you know, doing the do on a major market top 40 station. But anyway, so, yes, I have cassettes. And the fact that I haven't broken those cassettes in a million pieces tells you something. Now, if you go back and review those tapes, uh, is it safe to say that there won't be anything on there derogatory or something that, like, you know, you'll have to apologize for? No, no, no. I'd have to apologize for being such a terrible radio personality. Okay. God, they're embarrassing. They're so bad. But you didn't say anything uh, bad back then. No. Every, everybody today's got a history on Twitter no. or Facebook. No, and no, no, no. You got to hide that stuff. You got to delete it now. You know, cassette tapes, Lord, it's hard no. to delete that stuff. You have to erase the whole no. thing, Rob. It was so tepid and benign. It's It was, I mean, you know, your standard issue, top 40 radio everything you said was good and happy and upbeat everybody hey it's thousand dollar thursday yes 
we had $1,000 So you pushed $1,000 Thursday. Thursday on Sunday nights at 3 o'clock in the morning? Well, I had to record the promos for it. <laughs> I would tell people, uh, you know, we had to do these commercials even in the dead of night for $1,000 Thursday, which, of course, was on Thursday. So we'd get people all amped up throughout the week to be listening, to dial carefully to Z104 for your chance to win a cool grand. Hey, we gotta find could, the guy. You gotta ask the guys over at Dean Blundell Network if they need a guy like you up there, up in the Canada. You know, to do by the way, stuff. that talking like that, I think I got, gave myself an aneurysm. So this might be a very short sports honchos. <laughs> how were how the ratings back then? I have no idea. <laughs> I don't know. You, you don't well, have the Nielsen reports. No, this was uh, 2000, 2001. All I know is the advertising that we had on my particular show, I'm sure it was just a throw in like we'll pay for the week. And sure. If you, how about you give us the Sunday nights for free? So, uh, that was an experience. We I tell you what, uh, in the director's cut, Blu-ray C, uh, DVD, special edition box set of the honchos. will toss well, in there. You, some you said stories of my radio. You said career. 2001, right? Right. Right, a space so let's give you your top 10 uh, big hits oh, back then. And, uh, God, God help us. <laughs> Maybe you could and do I it in your voice for us. Come on, give us the number one hit at that time was Hanging by a Moment by the Lifehouse. Come on, give it to us. What would you like me to give you? <laughs> My review? One, the number one hit single. On hey, the now on the Z, it's Lifehouse with Hanging by a Moment. <laughs> just, just in from the National Weather Service, there's going to be an avalanche of top 40 hits. Alicia Keys, number two, Fallen. Yeah, I, I'm not going to do all of oh, them. Oh, come on. At least do the top five for us. I don't even know the top five, but I'm, I'm sure there was you, a lot Alicia of... Alicia Keys, number two, Fallen. Go. I'm the guy in the earpiece. Go. Give it to him. Uh, uh, here's Alicia Keys with oh, Fallen. See, I should have done it like so this. So weak. No. I, I should have been more soulful. Like, hey, here's Alicia Keys with Buddy, Fallen. Janet Jackson, saying, number three, All For You. Come on. Use number three, practice. All For You by Janet Jackson, everybody. Got a huge hit here by train. Drops of Jupiter. Give it to him. Hey, before we get to Drops of Jupiter by train, I got Polly from Long Island on the line. Hey, Polly, who's your, what's your favorite radio station? (laughs) Please don't ever make me do that again. See, unfortunately, folks, you heard that, but I saw it. (laughs) I saw things move on Rob's face that I'm not supposed to see move. There was a lot of flapping and oh, it was awful. Oh my god. J Lo oh, and yes. Ja Rule, man. I'm real. Big hit back then. Matchbox yes. 20, if you're gone. Hey, we're only playing the hits. Let the me blow your mind yeah. by Gwen Stefani. I never got to say going Thank to the back. Thank you by Dito. That was a huge hit, man. I, I never got to say going to the back of the racks for the stacks of wax, baby. Oh, never man. got to say that. <laughs> Again by Lenny Kravitz, great hit. Independent no. Woman, one of your favorites by Destiny yeah. Child. No, I had the pleasure, uh, and this is a story that I can only tell off the air, but suffice to say, I got to go on a Kentucky Fried Chicken run for all the members of Destiny's Child. I didn't actually meet them. I was really? just given a this pile of cash. And order. It is a true story. We did a um, – Z104 did a holiday show, a Christmas extravaganza, if you will. And the headliners were Destiny's Child. And there's some stories that are safe for the air and some that are not. But this one is, while they were on the plane, on their way into D.C., they called somebody at the station and said, here's what we want 
in the dressing room ready for us when we arrive. And it was a it was a KFC order, and I believe there was some sort of honey barbecue tender thing that KFC was doing. It's a little fuzzy now. It was 20 years ago, but <laughs> yep, I was given a pile of cash and sent out to Southeast DC to find a Kentucky Fried Chicken that had exactly what they wanted. I bought it, brought it back to the venue, and I never actually saw Destiny. So I did, however, I did get to meet Pink, the very diminutive Pink. She's awesome. Took a picture where it was fabulous. In the picture, I look like a total asshole. <laughs> Probably because I was exhausted from having to drive around Southeast DC looking for chicken, but whatever. So yeah, there were some moments. Met Brian McKnight. That was exciting. Another phenomenal singer. Yeah. Talk about two and the end two ends of, of an extreme uh pink very short and brian mcknight way up there i mean he's got to be six two six three six four somewhere in the neighborhood at least that's what he seemed couldn't have been nicer but both of those both of them could not have been nicer and they were both certainly brian mcknight pink was probably coming into her own as a big star but they were both you know, well-known celebrities, and here is just some mouth-breathing, knuckle-dragging dope who worked at the radio station. Was like, oh, it's so nice to meet you, Mister McKnight. <laughs> hey, look, I'm so just, I, I'm just stoked to find out that I know somebody who bought Kentucky Fried Chicken for Beyonce and Destiny's Child. It's a privilege. Uh, oh, and the best part about those pictures: a full head of glorious curly hair. For wow, we got to see that, man. That picture, I, I don't know. I don't know where the Brian McKnight one is. The pink one is around my house somewhere. Uh, I have to find it. Well, I mean, you. I'm looking at you. You got this big blank space behind you over your left shoulder, and I think that should be a picture of Kentucky Fried Chicken and like Destiny's Child in the two. Oh, no, I mean, that's just no a, thank. That's a classic memory, man. No, thank you. All right, rounding out <laughs> number the- 100 was Fuel uh, Hemorrhage in My Hand, what? which is a fantastic that- song. See a lot did, of these did- songs. Our, we didn't uh, play a lot of the rock, like well, Hemorrhage in My Hand by Fuel. We well, played the problem. top 40 stuff. That's a problem. No. Well, that, a lot of that stuff was considered top 40. It was kind of crossover. Well, yeah, I mean, we played more pop than we did the hard-edge rock. The, the rock stuff. We would sit down and have these meetings with the program director. would run through the latest releases. And when we got to songs like Hemorrhage in My Hand, it was pretty much, he'd play it for five seconds and go, no. We're not playing this during the the major day parts. Is this station still around today? Uh, it is. Well, it went through many iterations until it finally last I last I heard it was a news talk station owned by the Washington Post, and then another station in town became the started carrying the mantle as the top forty station. They competed for a while, and then the one I worked at just went away. So there is one in town, one top forty station in town. Well, you'll always have Beyonce and Kentucky Fried Chicken. I will, and I'll always have, you know, uh, shaking hands with Brian McKnight. And yeah, we want to see those actually, pictures. Yeah, we actually, arms around. Some, some hair on the CUNY skull, folks. That's what we want to see. It was bad. It was bad hair. It oh, looked terrible. Okay. In fact, I'll just show the picture of Pink and cut me out. All right. Well, speaking of uh, Kentucky Fried Chicken, uh, rumor has it you have a problem with Burger King these days. Well, I don't have a problem with Burger King. But there's a lot of women out there that do. So, you know, uh, well, Monday, what, what did Burger King do now? March 8th. Was that a Monday? March 8th was International Women's Day. Yes, so it was. So it was this past Monday. I forgot to congratulate you, by the way. Oh, thank you. Um, oh, and also a uh, – let me just say to all the Honchos listeners, a happy birthday to my mother, 
Sunday was her birthday, and yesterday was my good friend Pat's birthday. So happy birthdays all around. Happy birthday, Tom, and happy birthday, Pat. Happy birthdays all around. Okay, uh, so International Women's Day, Burger King decided, foolishly, to uh, put out a – start a little public relations campaign, which they thought – this was this was an early candidate to be the dope of the week in the entire Burger King nation. Burger King UK decided to honor International Women's Day by putting out the following tweet. Are you ready? Uh, one, two, three, five words destined to get them in trouble. Women belong in the kitchen. Oh man, come on! Now uh, you're waiting. You're you're probably waiting for it's a think it's dramatic pause, and there'll be more. No, that was the whole tweet. Uh, four four o'clock in the morning on March eighth. Nothing good ever happens at four in the morning when it comes to Twitter. Now, this was Burke explained they were attempting to shed light on the fact that. Only, quote, only 20% of chefs are women. And I add parenthetically, I'm not sure working at Burger King qualifies as a chef, but okay, whatever. Oh, wait, uh, watch your tongue, man. And when, I, mean, I love Burger King, but, uh, you know, chef? Anyway, I uh, went on to announce several scholarship funds designed to, quote, help female Burger King employees pursue their culinary dreams. Another tweet from Burger King, we're on a mission to change the gender ratio in the restaurant industry by empowering female employees with the opportunity to pursue a culinary career. So I understand the intention was good, but you would think that somebody at Burger King would have looked at that before you send a tweet out representing an organization that's a Fortune 500 company, I presume, maybe not after this tweet storm. And say before you send a tweet out with the Burger King logo and the little blue check mark, that somebody would have said, "May I see that?" Before you send it out, maybe not everybody at four in the morning, especially on these parts, would get the uh, the gist of what they were saying. Would understand that when they said women belong in the kitchen, they don't mean some sort of 1950s, you know, Doctor Spock, uh, you know, suburban consumerist lifestyle of the 1950s. They mean women how, should how, – there should be more second. female how, shifts. Hold on a second. What does Dr. Spock not, 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 do? Not, not, not Spock from Star Trek. Well, that's the only Benjamin, Spock anybody knows. Benjamin Spock, the one who wrote the children's book about basically women should – how to raise the children as a Benjamin woman. Benjamin Spock? He's the one that set you know women's rights back a thousand years, this book on bearing children. Uh. Well – not you can't confuse us Trekkies like that, all right? That's just Sorry, taboo. Don't I would say have said stuff that's like that. Mr. Spock in Star Trek, Dr. Spock. Thank you. A lot of and hullabaloo going on around things in the past, Dr. Seuss yeah. and all that stuff. Yeah. You got to be so, straightforward these days, Rob. Right. So, so Burger King should have known better. In fact, this was this was almost as this was almost as ignorant, almost as ignorant <laughs> as when George Costanza tried to feel his way through women's roles. Go ahead. Uh, it's come to my attention that you and the cleaning woman have engaged in sexual intercourse on the desk in your office. Is that correct? Who said that? She did. Was that wrong? <laughs> <laughs> 
Should I not have done that? I tell you, I gotta plead ignorance on this thing because if anyone had said anything to me at all when I first started here that that sort of thing was frowned upon... You know, because I've worked in a lot of offices and I tell you, people do that all the time. You're fired. Well, you didn't have to say it like that. I, I want you out of here by the end of the day. So I imagine that's what happened to the executive that said, hey, let's put out this tweet that said women belong in the kitchen. Like, I'm sure he said, was it wrong to say that? Was that inappropriate? So anyway, Burger King has since, I guess, made up for it. And we're going to see this theme of uh, Twitter. uh, I don't want to say abuse, but how not to handle public relations when we get to the dope of the week segment at the end. So it's a little – we're going to bookend tonight's show with some public relations fiascos. We have time for one more little cold open story here? We sure do, buddy. All right, so – It's some of the Honcho's fans' favorite part of the evening. So you know that the pandemic has hit all of us in different ways, and everybody – every living thing, and I say that specifically, living thing is looking for some sort – of pandemic relief, even now as we're slowly, although in some cases not so slowly, coming out of the woods. And so I give you from AliExpress.com, Fleshlight for Dogs. What? Yes, you heard me right. Fleshlight for Dogs. For, there we go. That's what I'm I'm talking about on Z104. For a mere $165, dog owners out there, you can buy a plush dog toy, quote, to separate anxiety relief for calming male dogs. The Teddy Play Toy French Bulldog. That's right. It's a sex toy for dogs. $165 with $61 shipping. If you have a dog that has some anxiety over COVID, you can buy this toy. That will help him through those lonely COVID stained nights. It is, let me tell you some of the highlights, some of the features, if you will. A male sexual vent, silicone genitalia. Uh, <laughs> it's easy to clean. Thank God. And yes, I don't know what this means in the dog world, but it will imitate a bitch voice. I don't know what that means. Dogs I believe it's listening. a recording of a young man in 2000, 2001 at a Sunday night radio station. Oh, four? Yeah, that's what I should have called myself. <laughs> Fleshlight for dogs. <laughs> so, yeah, if you're a dog owner and your dog's wandering around <laughs> chain smoking, <laughs> you know, just kind of wide eyed and trembling. From Detang, Detang Pet Males Dogs Sex Toy. It's also bite resistant. Hey, who amongst, <laughs> who amongst us doesn't look for that in a sexual partner? So anyway, there you go. Uh, COVID is. And it's only for the, it's only for the guy dogs. Yes, there it's is none for no, the ladies, huh? No, no, the ladies are more mature than that. Come on. Okay. So well, there, you there you go. I'd ask you to repeat the name of the company, but they're not a sponsor here, so I'm not going to do it. They're not. No. But, as again, if your dog is 
having some separation anxiety because of COVID, just call me at 911 and I'll give you the full details. I tell you who's going to call us, though. The people who know George Michael because he never wrote that song to be the backtrack for that kind of a, a story. He's going to be upset. I, thought it fit I mean, not him personally. Mood. God rest his soul. But yeah, He's not really signing autographs. Um, but I thought it was a perfect song to accompany such a romantic interlude. Well, that's probably why you're not at radio top 40 radio stations anymore, Rob. I wasn't allowed to make those kind of jokes. Yeah. Wow. Back in the good old days. Anyway. We playing Don't Let the Sun Go Down on Me by Elton John and George Michael. Yikes. Yeah, I mean, who let the dogs out? That came to mind. Oh, uh, I, bad, uh, bad to the bone? That would have been good. I'm you know. blue. <laughs> By, by Eiffel 65. Good Lord. And don't forget about Lou Vega. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Oy vey. I'm sorry. We have to stop talking Jeez, about this Jeez, if we now. only had more time, Rob. If only. On the third hour of tonight's show, Grim. All right. We all hope you've enjoyed the episode 23 cold open. But uh, for right now, it's time to start the sports segments of this show. And we're going to go to college I went for a little college some college sports some college sports I love the drums Rob the drums are back they are back and we're going to open some news yep none of it well some we have we have never is there is some bad I almost said none of it good but that's not true some of it's bad Um, we have a follow up to last week's story about both the eyes of Texas at the University of Texas, oh, uh, and, and Greg McDermott, Creighton coach, Super Creighton men's basketball coach. Uh, just a little follow-up to both of those stories that came out after we left the air. We'll take the Texas one first. A University of Texas committee formed in November to investigate the history of the eyes of Texas has released a 58-page report. That's a lot of pages, by the cool. way. Uh, that says the school song was not written with racist intent, but acknowledges that its first public performance was likely by performers in blackface during a minstrel show, as we discussed last week. Um, these historical facts add complexity and richness to the story of a song. This is from the rep- quote from the report uh, to the story of a song that debuted in a racist setting, exceedingly un- uncommon for the time. But as the preponderance of research showed, had no racist intent. The eyes of Texas should not only unite us. And here's the smartest thing. This report says, but hold all of us accountable to our institution's core values. So the song should be a learning experience. The song should remind us that even things that are good and accepted, that they might have bad roots and we shouldn't ignore those roots. We should acknowledge them and do what we can. This is my these are my words, not the report's words. Do what we can to move forward from it. Um so the expectations for athletes going forward is nobody's going to be required or mandated to stay on the field or sing the song. Um, but Jay Hartzell, the president of Texas, says he hopes we'll get to a point where people feel good about staying on the field and honoring each other, whether it's fans in the stands honoring the student athletes, student athletes honoring support from the fans. Um, so, yeah. So the song stays and the report says bad seed. You know, the the seeds of this song are bad, but we've moved on, even though they apparently the minstrel part of it and the blackface stayed on to the 1960s. But in 50 plus years, it's gone from something that brings bad feelings to the surface to something that is a, a form of pride for the state and for the school. And it should be kept and it should remind people of not only how far we've come, but how far we still have yet to go. 
And again, that last statement is my statement, not the statement of the University of Texas. So the song stays. But anybody showing up in blackface will not be allowed into the arena or the, or the campus. I would hope that's the policy for every I mean, institution. that's not in the liner notes anywhere? Uh, no. No. But it did say that um, the panel's 40 recommendations include teaching the song's history at student orientation events and allowing new alternative versions composed and or performed by black musicians. So, so there you go. Okay. So the song stays. The song stays. Yeah. And on the Greg McDermott front. How's Greg um, going? So you remember last week we talked about how he used the phrase, I need everybody to st-. He said, we need both feet in. Let me go back. Last week in talking to his team, trying to rally his team, the story came out that he said, quote, guys, we got to stick together. We need both feet in. I need everybody to stay in the plantation. I can't have anybody leave the plantation. And that created um, justifiably a firestorm. It's um, a stir. McDermott apologized. He even last week offered to quit. He said, it's unacceptable. And I agree wholeheartedly, you know, in today's, especially when you're working with athletes of color and young men in a time of social justice, you just, you got to choose your words more carefully. Everything you have to do, you have to be more careful about, you have to be more sensitive. These guys are always so smart after the fact. Right. But he offered to quit and his team, and this shows tremendous maturity. My hat's off to the great men's basketball team. Uh, the team said no. They wanted him to coach. They said that's his job. And so he is not quitting. He has apologized. He will not be removed from the team. He will not be disciplined any further. Um, the athletic director, Bruce Rasmussen, said, I believe his apology, his commitment to grow from this, to learn and to regain the trust of his student athletes and others impacted by his words. From our conversations, he understands that forgiveness must be earned and he is willing to work for it. His actions during his career reveal an individual committed to his team and his community. So, in other words, again, good reaction. We're not going to let this egregious and unjustified slip, but a slip nonetheless, undo everything he's worked for all the years that he's coached. And if the players still want him to coach, you know, to me, that's that's it. That's the end of the, Works of for you? the discussion. Yeah. Works for you. All right. Yeah. You know, that's really... It's not for us, not for you and I sitting here to decide if he should be fired. It's right. really up to the team. So until Coach McDermott says something stupid again, this will probably be the last time we speak about him for a while. And, you know, you never know. You never know. You, you never know. I mean, and again, it's not like... It doesn't end like, there, right? It doesn't end there. What do you mean? Well, there more more problems at other schools, more guys? Oh, yes. I mean, I'm sorry. I thought you meant it doesn't end there for McDermott. <laughs> no, nah, we're done here with Mr. McDermott. Yeah. Um, Kansas. Yeah. Now now we get to people doing bad things. The University of Kansas is fired. I'm sorry. Sorry. Kansas and their head football coach, Les Miles, have mutually agreed to leave. Now, whenever someone – whenever I hear an organization say there's been a mutual agreement, to me it says the institution said you're fired and Les Miles agreed, for instance, not to chain himself – to the desk of the person who fired him until the police had to be called in. That, to me, is when they say mutual. No one says you're fired, and the other person says, that's a great idea. I agree wholeheartedly. So, But but he's not at Kansas anymore, and this really springs from stuff he did eight years ago at LSU when he was the head football coach there. Um, a report of his conduct while he coached was made public 
this week. And first the school kind of waffled about it and said, you know, we investigated it. And then they placed him on indefinite leave, you know, administrative leave. And they said, we can't do this. You're done. Um, the allegations uh, show that a two, 2013 internal investigation at LSU accused Miles of inappropriate behavior towards female students, including allegations that he contacted some via Facebook and text, met them off campus alone, and kissed at least one of them. The report did not find that he had sexual relationships with any of the women. I had parenthetically, thank God. And Miles strongly denied kissing the students, saying he didn't do anything wrong and that he was mentoring young women at the university. That sentence right there. That when Miles said he was mentoring young women Can at you the say university, that in your radio voice? No, that just makes Come me on, super the fans want to I, was, I was mentoring these women. And who's playing the most music? See, now that takes away from the seriousness of the story. I mean, he's 67. Well, they, so see, there eight, you go. Eight years ago, at 59 years old, they're college students. So at best, 21, 22 years old, it's, I think... Did they arrest him? Is, has he been arrested already? No. Just tell me he's been arrested. No. Um, part of the report, uh, so this is where Kansas started gets into hot water. The report showed that former LSU athletic director Joe Oliva recommended that Miles be fired as coach because of the above-mentioned accusations of inappropriate behavior with female students. Uh, you'll recall that uh, he was the he coached LSU to a national championship, which always puts sexual malfeasance and other inappropriate acts on the back burner. Um, and, yeah, so the even though the allegations against him occurred at LSU, we take these matters very seriously, said Athletic Director Jeff Long at KU. Now that we have access to this information, we will take the coming days to fully review the material and see if any additional information is available, uh, and then they fired him. So, And, of course, his lawyer... The lawyer for Miles said this was media blowback and it was characterized as disturbing and unfair. <laughs> so, yeah. So, good luck to Les Miles. I'm pretty sure that Les Miles now, his career. Uh, maybe the Mets will hire him. College, such a low blow. Hold on. I'll give you a ding for that one. I'm sure his coaching career is pretty much done, whether in college level, the uh, pro 67, level. 67, I mean, come on. You know, look, he's got his – he didn't fare too well, by the way, Kansas. I'm sure that didn't hurt things either. Um, his record was nothing to write home about. Um, and then at the University of Arizona, and this oh, story no. – what, what happened in Arizona now? Requires far too much time to get into all the details, but the NCAA has charged Arizona with five level one – and I don't know what level one rules violations are, but that sounds bad because it's level one, like DEFCON one. Yes. Uh, including two alleged instances of academic misconduct within the men's basketball program um, and charging men's basketball coach Sean Miller. Basically, to summarize, the university has been uh, charged with much – many instances of recruiting violations, including – paying somebody $40,000 to alter transcripts to make one of their recruits eligible. Um, there were things that happened under Sean Miller's watch that apparently he knew about and didn't really report. There was foot dragging and lack of oversight and all the things you hear in these investigations. But and, and to their credit, I say that tongue fully in cheek, the – when the in late last December, Arizona announced it was self-imposing a one-year postseason ban as a proactive measure in its ongoing NCAA enforcement process. I mean, this investigation is going on for a few years now. 
Um, whenever a school says we're putting ourselves on probation, what they're saying is, hey, if we punish ourselves, maybe you won't punish us, NCAA. So here, we'll uh, one-year postseason ban, and we're really sorry. And hopefully that's enough. But these, these allegations run deep. They run wide. And I, I don't know. The future of Sean Miller is pretty shaky. But we'll Sounds see. like it. Anyway, these have been going on for a couple of years. This is nothing new. It's just now the NCAA has formally charged them, the school and the coach. So right. we shall see. I don't think that one-year ban is going to quite do it for Sean Miller and the University of Arizona. Oh, the times. The times. Oh, college. Remember when college was, was – College. <laughs> colleges held themselves to higher standards. Yeah. I don't remember. I don't remember that either. So there were 700 college basketball games today in a couple of tournaments. Do you want to go through all the scores? Uh, absolutely not. Okay. However, Sunday is Selection Sunday Woo-hoo! for the tournament. And we will talk about that in some detail. Certainly, it's going to be interesting to see if some of the mainstays in the tournament, your Dukes, your North Carolinas, are going to be in the tournament. There's, it's going to be probably the widest open tournament in many, many years. So, But more on that, and we actually have the bracket in front of us yes. next week. And yes, I'll be watching Selection Sunday because I have a zippy life. Oh, come on. And I realize, now, is this like football when nobody's allowed to watch it with you or you, you're going to have a guest or two oh, no, maybe? This is, that's, it's, it's actually it's, it's a chore to watch it. So anybody who wants to come over and give me a foot massage <laughs> while I'm watching it, please don't because I hate people touching my feet. All right. All right. Let's so. leave the college. College sports world and uh, head on over to the rinks, the hardwoods, and the diamonds for a little hockey, hoops, and hardball. Here we go, Rob. Get those hands up. Woo! Come on, buddy. Don't be shy. going on can we can we start with what i think is the best news of the day well let the intro finish first sorry i'm sorry i'm just all excited to talk about this that's like one of my favorite parts sorry i'm just all excited lots going on here folks i'm sorry i apologize for rob rudely interrupting me bringing us into this segment here sorry uh, this is when we talk some hoops hockey and some hardball a little baseball a little hockey a little uh, MLB hot stove. All kinds of great stuff. So with that said, now, Mr. Cuny, please start off with your, your favorite subject in this, this subject. This, this day was pretty meh until I got this news. But, yes, that's right. For all you hockey fans, the prodigal son has returned. And I'm talking about the NHL is coming back to ESPN. Thank goodness. You know, and I you thought know, you were going to do the right thing and say uh, – you know, condolences to the Gretzky family of Wayne no. there losing his dad. But no, you got to be Mr. Selfish ESPN. You know, you had a chance I, to have I'll, a moment. Go ahead. Please pay homage no, you to Walter it, Gretzky. No. Only Sorry. the dad of the greatest. The dad of the greatest. True. I, no argument here. The greatest. We have been, we've been such, it's been so serious. And we did talk about Lou Otten. You know, we started the show with a death, so I was trying to move us away from some of the heavier. We'll get back to that, if you believe me. Which, by the name, 
by the way, is going to be the name of my upcoming autobiography, Back to the Heavy, but you know, more on that at, a, at another time. Anyway, ESPN has wrestled uh, hockey. I'm not away from... with saying some nice things about Wayne's dad. I don't have anything to say about him except thanks for, you know, creating one, you know, the greatest hockey player ever. What am I going to say More about him? More than that, in Canada, he was he's just a legend. Uh, oh, please. Just a well-known oh, dad. Good guy. You know, just a brilliant kind of, you know, hard-working guy. You know, raised his kids. Played great hockey. His son became the great one. So he's got to be the greatest dad. All right? Just want to show a little respect for him, all right? So to the Gretzky family, our condolences here. We're big hockey guys. We, and we grew up watching the guy. So we just wanted to pay respects to Mr. Gretzky here. A little solemn, all serious. We wish the best. And Wayne did a beautiful job last week with his eulogy and everything else. So I just wanted to be a little serious about Wayne's dad. Some condolences. Okay. I'm, I'm giving a moment of silence for Walter. Uh, you've now taken all the wind out of my sails with the ESPN news. So, yeah, ESPN is getting the NHL. Good night, everybody. 30 seconds here, and then we will talk about some fun stuff on ESPN. Do you have any uh, passing oh, of Walter? Oh, I, I just, I just, I would, 30 seconds. Okay, Rob, let's talk about ESPN. Go, let's go. Hey, so you know uh, NBC Sports Network is shuttering at the end of the year, so the NHL needed a new dance partner, and they got ESPN, which, for all of us longtime hockey fans, that is where hockey belongs. Uh, They did a great job with hockey, and now maybe ESPN will pay more attention to hockey now that they're actually broadcasting it again. Um, So there's a lot to unpack here. Um, So it's a seven-year deal. For lots, billions of dollars. What are, what uh, are yeah, the ABC. actual numbers? What are the numbers, buddy? Do you have them there? Uh, let's see. Hold on. Hold Skip on. the ballpark. I mean, usually, like the NBC okay. deal was like 10 So NBC, NBC had a 10-year deal for $2 billion. Um, And I don't know that I know the terms of the deal. Right. So, but it's, it's going to be it's, something, it's in that, it's something in that, in that ballpark. It's a lot of money, right? It's a lot of money. Will anyway, it be paid um, in Canadian dollar or U.S. U.S. Hopefully, it's in U.S. dollars. Okay. So the next, so it's a seven-year deal. Four of the next seven Stanley Cup Finals will be on ABC, which is nice. A uh, thousand games will be streamed exclusively on ESPN Plus. ESPN ABC gets one conference final and half of all playoff games in round one and two. Um. Yeah. So a thousand games, more than a thousand games, now be available as part of the ESPN Plus subscription only service. So hockey, hockey will reach many audiences. Um, it will expand its base. I know the Stanley Cup Finals were on the main NBC network, but it sounds to me like more games will be on the traditional networks and the streaming platforms. Um, more on that, I guess, as details emerge. The ESPN NHL theme music is back, which is another piece of good news. One can only hope that they bring back uh, Steve Levy and Barry Melrose uh, as analysts. And and according to Richard Deitch, of the, I think he's at The Athletic, I believe he had an interview with Gary Thorne. Nice. And there's a possibility that Gary could come back into the fold 
to do hockey games. It, we're going to party like it's 1998 again. Now, Gary, Gary's been doing baseball, right? Isn't he the Mets radio guy? Or not the no, TV guy. No, that's how he rolls. Gary Cohn. Okay. Oh, no, no, Gary Thorne used to be. Sorry. Come on. I'm getting my Gary's confused. Gary Thorne actually did. See, I, I know him by first name because he's my buddy. No, he's okay. not really. Gary Thorne did do baseball. I'm getting all my Gary's confused. But, yes, he was doing Major League Baseball. And I believe – I don't think he's doing any now because if he's going to do hockey – Well, they got to get Bill can do Clement. both. But I, he belongs Clement. doing hockey. Got to get Billy Clement out of retirement too and get him back in there. Now, uh, uh, Bring the whole I, gang back. Yeah. I mean, uh, it was good. I used to love ESPN too, man. That was the best when the games were on there too. Now, they always I mean, did great coverage. I'm excited. There is um, – a lot of fans out there uh, on Twitterverse, which me and you obviously uh, traverse on the Twitterverse, if that's correct. I don't know. doesn't matter. Twitterverse, the Twitterverse. But I see, uh, you know, already you're seeing people. It's amazing how everybody has something to bitch about, you know? Of course. So if you're, if, you know, hockey's a regional sport and they're diehard fans, but, man, what a bunch of complainers too, man. It's It's unbelievable. About the, this? Yeah, just people complain about this, the subscriptions, you know, with the amount of games that are going to be on. So, like, if, if the Rangers, like, play seven times, they're not going to be on MSG uh, out here in New York. So the local TV broadcasting teams won't get – I mean, that's kind of sort of been going on with NBC uh, as it is. But, I mean, to be honest with you, you know, I guess this is the line where there's a certain group of fans that get it and how big this is for the league and what this means for the players and exposure and just, uh, you know, and it'll be on ESPN and uh, it'll be on them as what I'm trying to say as far as them as, as how they're going to expose the players and um, to the general public and everything else. Look, diehard fans of this sport, diehard fans of their teams don't necessarily need a huge TV deal, Okay. We as fans, we don't really need it. The league needs it. The league oh, needs definitely. the money. The league yep. needs to compete with the NBA and MLB. I mean, look at the contracts and NFL. We've talked about it extensively on the show in terms of the money that these yep. other leagues make. Now, you got ABC and, and Disney. That's, that's some real and, shit right there, man. And I just was looking Ooh. through my notes. Uh, USA will have some games. Peacock. You know, their subscription service will have – so it, they're not going to be hard to find. Some of them might be, you know, on streaming services, but they certainly won't be hard to find. It's not going to be like you're going to be flipping through the dials and, hey, there's a hockey game. It's going to be, you know, uh, well-publicized, easy to find. And what have I been telling you for months now? Whatever hockey has to do to keep the lights on, great. So if, if a 1,000 games are going to be streamed and they'll be hard to find, as I mean, long as hockey right keeps there, running right? – I'm I mean, okay with it. I mean, NBC basically saved their asses 10 years ago, right? When they were on that yep. freaking Versus network or whatever. You know what I'm saying? And they really had nowhere to go. So now you're losing NBC, but, I mean, geez, what other network would you like to be on? You want to be on the best sports network in the world, and that's ESPN, and they're back. You know, and all of us, like I said, me and you, the older guys and stuff, we love those old, you know, the way they used to run the games back then, but... You know, the league needs the exposure. The league needs uh, more money. And after this year, they're going to need more fans back in the building. They're going to need more fans buying jerseys and more fans being familiar with the sport, especially here in the States. It's huge. So, so now they, now we can see in the crease the ESPN Plus show with Linda Cohn and Steve Levy and Barry Melrose poured it over, you know, to the big network. 
uh, maybe that'll be the studio team. Maybe that'll be the uh, play-by-play and color analyst team. Who knows? Um, you know, I say more Barry Melrose. More Melrose. Hashtag more yeah, Melrose. You know, uh, you know, I don't need too much Barry Melrose. Nah, nah, I, he's an acquired but, um, taste, yeah. I know. I know, but, I, but I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a big fan. Look, there's a lot of good people that work over there. Greg Wyshynski now is working for ESPN, too. So it's Emily super, Kaplan. Yeah, exactly. She's fantastic, too. So, look, if you're a hockey fan and, and, and if you can actually just kind of, you know, open your eyes to beyond your, your team and think about the league and, and growing the sport. And the, the, the sport right now is at a phenomenal place. It's done very well during this COVID and a half year uh, as far as mm-hmm. the two seasons they've had to either finish uh, had to finish and now start again. And now going forward, I mean, the young kids, it's electrifying. Um, you know, the players in the league right now are just fantastic. It's exciting hockey. These guys are playing divisional hockey all year long, all year long this year. You're going to have another phenomenal uh, Stanley Cup championship, and you might, you might even have uh, a Canadian team win it this year. Whatever. It's just going to be great. Now, when everything hopefully comes back to normal next year and we get back in the buildings – and now you're going to have ESPN, and, and then depending on what service you want to get. But, you know, I'm a Disney Plus guy with the kids and, and ESPN for the sports, so I've already got those services anyway. So, to me, I'm not going to bitch and complain about it. I think it's just awesome for, for, for me personally, my favorite sport, hockey. It's a fucking home run, man. It's just they got – hockey got tremendous exposure the first time around ESPN. It did a lot for the sport, did a lot for the network, I would argue. And, you know, losing it, I mean, look, NBC put a big pile of cash in front of the NHL and and took those rights. But this is where it belongs. This is, there's a a love of this sport. I mean, I'm not saying that NBC Sports, the NBC Sports Network didn't have a love for the sport. They certainly had the talent. You know, they had the great Doc Emmerich and so on, on the down the line. But it seemed like, it seems like this network, ESPN, has a true love and a true interest in nurturing the sport and letting it grow even further and keeping it alive and presenting it in a tasteful way. It's just, it's hard to explain. This is where it belongs. And yes, if it sounds like we're waxing nostalgic, we are because this is one of those cases where it's okay to reach into the past, you know? So I, I'm sure ESPN is going to do a great job. Hey, the theme music, the iconic NHL theme music, they're keeping. That's the smartest thing they've done in this whole scenario is say, we're not going to mess with the music. We, people like it. It's still used. Uh, the, that In the Crease show on ESPN Plus uses as a theme song. So, you know, and you get more John Bouchagras. Rob people has it like on his, from Lou Of course. Yeah. Other people like John Bouchagras and his work on, the, on hockey are going to get more of him, I'm sure. So. He's very, very popular. Yeah. So it's going to be, you know, going to be also a good way to showcase some of the talent at ESPN that doesn't get a lot of love because it's all football all the time. And if it means Steve Levy leaves the Monday Night Football booth and devotes himself full time to the NHL, that's a win win for everybody. I like Steve as a hockey guy, not as a football play by play guy. That's right. So, yeah. I'll, I'll let Steve know. I'll let him yeah. know. You know, next time you're guy next- here, so. Next time you and he have a schwitz, make yes. sure you tell him what I said. All right, your uh, your division leaders here in the NHL, Tampa Bay, up there in the uh, the uh, Discover Central Division, uh, uh, and then you have uh, Toronto Maple Leafs uh, leading the North or the Canadian Division there for you guys up in the Great White North. The New York Icelanders are now in first place in the uh, the Eastern Division, 
Uh, everybody's talking about them. I always say, when's the parade? When's the parade for the Islanders? When is it going to happen? <laughs> and then out west, the Vegas Golden Knights are still holding Don't Don't let your brother hear you say that. Well, I know. I, I give him the business all the time. Um, <laughs> Vegas holding on to the lead out in the uh, west and your top five teams are Tampa Bay, Toronto, Carolina, Florida, and the Islanders. And your caps, buddy. Sixth place. Laviolette keeping his job, man. It's all right. They're, uh, they, they, this is a team, and I don't want to spend too much time because it's going to get my blood pressure up, but they are, they're, they fall into this disturbing pattern of getting out to a big lead and then either getting complacent or realizing they're old and not as fast as they used to be. The other night they beat – last night – was it last night? I guess it was last night they beat the Devils 5-4 in overtime on a Jacob Verona goal a minute into overtime. Everybody's beating the Devils, Rob, just like everybody's beating the No, Saints. but I'm saying they were up – at one point in the third period, they're up 4-1. to one. You think, all right, well, that's it. Good night, everybody. I can you know go to bed. And then next thing you know, boom, 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 it's 4-4. And the Capitals have been doing this a lot lately. Um, but the good news is the Samsonov is regaining the form he had last year, and we have – Instead of just one, two really good goalies. And, hey, that's a good luxury to have. For all of us Caps fans who thought when Braden Holtby left that it was going to be Samsonov and, you know, hope that the game gets canceled, uh, it's been a nice surprise this year. So, yes, LaViolette's got him hanging in there, but I'm worried when the playoffs come around. This team's lack of speed and their age is going to come back to haunt us. About the Capitals. They're going to be fine. All right. right. You got the playoff spot locked in. So just buckle up. It's going to be great. All right. All right. We'll see. Yes, we will. But hey, there's a Stanley Cup banner hanging in the rafters. So whatever. I'm fine. So you need, buddy. <laughs> once okay. they won, once they won, I was like, you know what? Watching hockey is so much easier now. I'm like, yeah, whatever. I don't care. We got one. We got one <laughs> in my lifetime. And I'm good. Buddy, I'm still, I mean, us Stranger fans, 94 of mine. May may forever live on because it, every year that passes, I mean, it's all we got. Right. So what I say well, to everybody, everybody says, "Oh, Rangers suck last night." Well, we'll always have ninety four. Right. You know. Yeah. Uh, it's 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 still it's it's three years later. I'm still like, did we really win the Stanley Cup? Oh, break Us? out the tapes again, buddy. The you know, Capitals? bring the family over and Ugh. open up some pops and watch the, I, I, the last game this- again. I had this picture of uh, – I took a lot of pictures from the TV after they were – during the uh, the post-game celebration when they won the Cup. And my favorite picture that still chokes me up is uh, Ovi and Backstrom carrying the Cup together around the ice. Just the backs of their jerseys and holding the Cup. It's just because those are the guys. Those, that's the core that brought the ultimate success to Washington. Um and so, they're going to go for it again this year because they know it might not my, 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 too, yeah. too much longer that they're going to be able to do this. So you'll probably yeah. win the cup this year, buddy. They're going to retire together and hopefully walk into the Hall of – sorry, skate into the Hall of Fame together. No, but they have know. to walk. They can't They can't go on the skates there, buddy. You're right the first yeah. time. Yeah, you're probably true. That's right. Anything anyway. else on the ice there? Again, we, we want to send our condolences to the Gretzky family. <laughs> uh, yeah. Anything else that you want to talk about from no. the ice? No? No. no. Right. Is Mario Lemieux's dad still alive? I mean, uh, I just – no more surprises, please. <laughs> I tell you what else is happening. Where it's Uh-oh. hot, where everybody wants to go. It's time for Nets Notes, baby. That's Rock a great baby. song choice. <laughs> Woo! Blake Griffin, get on the bus. Let's go. Everybody wants to play in fucking Brooklyn, baby. This is a great song choice. Can Woo! we let it just roll for a second? Let's let that sure. song play just for a moment or two. City to- 
Hey everybody, it's the Beastie Boys here on the Sports Hot Shows. From the album License to Ill from 1985, No Sleep Till Brooklyn. James Hunt driving the bus! The Partridge family-like bus with the Brooklyn Nets logo on it. Gerard in the back! Woo! No sleep until we're Eastern Conference champions. Um, Going all the way, buddy. And by the way, that critical commentary is what allows us to play unlicensed music on the Sports Honchos show. Correct the moon. Yes, Mr. Q. Blake Griffin is the latest uh, former NBA All-Star to join the little engine that could, the Brooklyn Nets. He was given his release by Detroit and promptly said, hmm, where can I go? where nobody will know my name and there's zero pressure on me to perform. I know the three ring circus. That is the James Harden, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving led Brooklyn Nets. And here's the best part. If you're the Nets organization. So they had to, so Brooklyn signed him for the $5.9 million taxpayer mid-level exemption. So it, it, it doesn't count against the salary cap. So Detroit not only let him go, but they're paying him, $29 million this year. That's a good number. It's a po- very popular For number this year. nothing. $29 million. He was averaging 12 points, 5 rebounds, 4 assists for Detroit this season. At one time, he was one of the great power forwards in the game. Could have been, you know, his career derailed, like many are, by injuries and by heightened expectations. And look, now he goes, now he goes to Brooklyn, uh, where... He doesn't have to be a star, right. and he has a chance to to win a championship. But he's a star. He's a star, yeah. and and all of us here in New York, Brooklyn, and New York, and the out of five boroughs, Long Island, and the upper. now you got another one. You got, an, got and, and, and by the win. way, whatever you whatever you say about Blake Griffin, is certainly if there's any behavioral issues, nobody will notice in Brooklyn. Buddy, I am going to save you a spot on the Brooklyn Bridge when they take that trophy. <laughs> Are you going to try to sell me the Brooklyn Bridge? Sure. Are they going to toss the Larry O'Brien trophy into the water off the Brooklyn Bridge? So good luck. Somebody down below to catch that thing. So good luck to the Brooklyn Nets, baby. So, all right. And then we have to talk about this story before we leave the NBA. The Myers Leonard story. Ooh. Myers Leonard, for those that don't know, is currently uh, the, on the injured who list. The fuck is, who the, what the fuck are you talking about? Now? Currently on the injured list for the Miami Heat. He's the seven foot oh. center for the Miami I didn't Heat. Know they were Myers still in the Leonard. God. Uh, Leonard got into some hot water because, again, people enjoy putting themselves out there on social media. Except this time it wasn't social media. It was a live stream of him playing Call of Duty, I presume, on Twitch or some similar platform where he said, and I'm going to quote. So because it's a quote, you don't get the actual dirty words, but you can figure them out. Effing cowards. Don't effing snipe me. You effing and then K blank blank E B blank blank H. So he used a euphemism, a racial epithet, if you would, for the Jewish people. Okay, he used the word kike, which is a derogatory slur against the Jews. And I feel this is a story that I feel like I can intelligently talk about being a card-carrying member of the tribe. Now, it makes this story so interesting 
is not, and I'm going to get to what he said. And the Miami Heat have put him on indefinite leave. He didn't all say the anything about the Irish this. in that, did he? No. Okay. But who should sure. come? Who decided to wade into these rather murky waters and try to settle this dilemma? None other than one of America's favorite Kanye. Jews, Julian. No. Oh. Not Drake either. Julian Edelman. <laughs> New England Patriots star receiver Julian Edelman, yes, one of the best receivers in the game, is a proud member of the tribe also. Now, instead of taking Myers Leonard to task and saying, you know, his career is over and he should be canceled, he wrote an open letter to Myers Leonard, and I'm going to read it to you verbatim. He said, so we've never met. I hope we can one day soon. I'm sure you've been getting lots of criticism for what you said. Not trying to add to that. I just want to offer some perspective. I get the sense that you didn't use that word out of hate, more out of ignorance. Most likely you weren't trying to hurt anyone or even profile Jews in your comment. That's what makes it so destructive. When someone intends to be hateful, it's usually met with great resistance. Casual ignorance is harder to combat and has greater reach, especially when you command great influence. Hate is like a virus. Even accidentally, it can rapidly spread. And then... Then... He said, I'm down in Miami fairly often. I'm going to add parenthetically, that almost sounds like he's talking about making fun of the Jews. And he says, I'll be down in Miami fairly often. Then he says, let's do a Shabbat dinner with some friends and I'll show you a fun time. Now, I like how that ends. I have a Shabbat dinner, which is, you know, one of the the pillars of of the Jewish faith, the Shabbat get together with the whole mishpucha. Okay, there's lots to unpack here. First of all, as a Jew. I, I, I don't know how I feel about this because when I heard about Myers Leonard did, I said, well, that was stupid, but I wasn't outraged to the point where I thought his career should end. I wasn't ready to cancel Myers Leonard. In fact, I wanted to know the person to whom he directed it on when he was playing Call of Duty. Is it a friend of his? Not that it excuses it, but sometimes when you're with – there's a sort of familiarity with people that maybe when you're you know busting each other's balls – you you say things that you wouldn't say to a stranger again, not to justify it, not to make it okay. But I don't know. I hate to use the out of context thing, but I don't know. I don't know anything about the person to whom it was directed. If it was a total stranger, how does he know the person is Jewish? It's an odd insult to someone that you don't know, just someone you're randomly playing Call of Duty against. But what Julian Edelman did is exactly the appropriate response. If somebody calls out and and we have to separate calling out a whole race of people and and stupidly calling out one of them which Myers Leonard called out one person he didn't make a generaliza- generalization about Jews in general but Edelman to his credit said look instead of canceling you and calling for your head and and you know the pitchforks and torches in the town square why don't I tell you about our culture let's break hala you know, at a Shabbat dinner. And he wasn't trying to be a, you know, sassy or sarcastic. He's like, look, maybe you don't know about our culture. To me, when a culture is attacked, maybe the best course of action, instead of making sure the person never sees the light of day again, at least from a public figure standpoint, is to re-educate. Isn't that what propels us forward? Is educating and not just saying, all right, you said this, you're done. It's over for you. And again, I'm not talking about a pattern of genocidal behavior or being a closet or a card-carrying racist 
where you don't like a group of people because of the color of their skin or their gender or ethnicity. We're talking about saying something stupid, a slur. And again, as someone who's Jewish, I was not so outraged that I wanted him out of the NBA. I applaud what Julian Edelman did. He said, look, let's 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 face this head on. Myers Leonard did come out with, you know, the standard printed apology. I don't know if you saw the I tweeted this out. <laughs> it was a picture of him and the, you know, the quoted apology. And he's wearing the the gamer headset and sunglasses in the picture. I would have chosen a better picture, one more, a little more dignified. And as we all know, as he's I said in my a tweet, fun of everybody on that. Hate to say printed it. apologies. Yeah, printed apologies are we. You got to come out publicly and apologize and look awkward and be uncomfortable and show your shame. But anyway, what Edelman did, I applaud. Uh, instead of turning my back on you, Myers Leonard, I'm going to say, why don't you take a look at what our culture does? And maybe Myers Leonard isn't anti-Semitic. Maybe he it was a slip of the tongue that he, he probably needs a regrets. Beating. Come on, he needs to be taken I out just, of the back. I, and beaten to a pulp. I think when these things happen, I think we are too quick. I used to, I think, twice in the same sentence, like three times. Yeah. We are too quick to to cancel people and, and not so quick in don't, educating don't, them. Don't cancel them. Just give them a beat. Okay. Well, uh, again, the, the views and opinions of one Paul Cuthbert do not necessarily reflect the views of the sports honchos or the Go Sports Media Corporation. a lot of these guys, you know, they're, they're very tough on their gaming and their – you know, say shit when they, you know, because they don't think they're going to be touched or bothered. You know, I mean, I get where you're coming from, Adam, yeah, and everything. I it's, just, it's nice, but you know, seeing seeing him tweet the apology or post the apology with that picture, I think he's yeah, being it was a, awful. I think he's being a little, ha ha. You know, that's the the same guy that said that the Burger King PR person should tweet out women belong in the kitchen. Probably recommended. To old Myers Leonard. Here's a good picture of you playing your video game. Probably the same publicist. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I think, look, I'm not saying that, that, that Julian Edelman is, should be leading the way when it comes to social justice, but there should be more of that philosophy of let me take this as a, make this a teachable moment. All right. Here's That's what all. I don't understand. All right. Right now. Yes, sir. Um, you know, it's March 10th. 2021, I mean, I mean, at this point now, especially if you're in any type of profession, whether you're a coach like we've talked about before, or whether you're an athlete, or whether you're a sportscaster, or whether you're some very uh, popular public figure, actor, or whatever, musician and stuff, I think right now, you know, shouldn't everybody be up to speed in terms of where and how they say stupid things? You know Absolutely. There's no excuse for it. Exactly. You've got to be you know, more careful. So I, I'm not too quick to really – look, I'm not in the cancel culture type of thing. I'm, you know, I think everything needs to be thought out, whether it's, you know, well, let's look at all the, the stuff and why was it said or whatever. But see, something like this, there's a video game. It's just stupid ignorance. Right. You know, I just think the guy needs a beating. Don't say that stuff. You're an asshole. Yeah, I, Right. I mean, it, these things can be taken care of, maybe perhaps not in a physically violent way, but they can be taken care of in a much less um, drastic and extreme most way of, these, of your of career is over. Most of out there, or people who say, most of them are cowards. 
They're cowards. And then they get patted over and, oh, he didn't mean it, or I won't say it again, or here's my apology. And then they run back behind the door and they laugh their asses Mm -hmm. off. See, that, I mean, that's what gets me. Right. That's, and that's, those are the people that. What do you mean by those people? Those people, right, oh, exactly. <laughs> that you tend to want to cancel. I mean, look what happened with, with Greg McDermott, we talked about earlier. He, he said something unbelievably dumb. He should know better. He's a grown man who should know his audience. That was, and that was behind closed doors. That wasn't, you know, in public. Still should know better. This, the same rules this, apply. This, and his team said, his what? team said, Coach, we need you to coach. You fucked up, but we you're our coach, and how can we grow, grow the teacher. from this? What, how what can they, we move forward? You're the teacher. What do they call that when, you know, you could have used another euphem- – what is it, a euphemism? Or you could have euf- used – A metaphor, euphemism. Metaphor, metaphor, there it is, euphemism. metaphor. Either one. He could have used 7,300 other metaphors for what he was trying to get across. Right, and, and it's, it's, it's – he chose poorly. Yeah. And but it's it shouldn't be the he end needs of his beating too. You know what his team should and, do? And you know what? Take him and in the locker team, room and beat the shit and, out of him. You know what? You know what they should do to him? They should give Don't him fire the him. treatment. Just throw him. They a should beat. get. He should get the treatment that Vincent D'Onofrio got in Full Metal Jacket. All the players on his on Creighton's oh, team come back ought to put you. some bars of no, soap no. in a washcloth. No, that's see, that's bullying. That's different. You just got to no, throw somebody. You're teaching him a lesson. No, no, this is the right way to teach somebody a lesson. It's just beat the crap out of him. Say, don't do that again. You don't torture and bully somebody for months, especially in, in uh, Marine Corps training camp and then, then there's live ammunition uh, uh, on the base. You, know, you don't want to do well, that. Look, what, what the Creighton players did to, to McDermott was, you know, again, a metaphorical. I get people, it. You know, so I, I, I this is how it should these things. I would have thrown him a beating first and then said you can keep coaching. But if you sure. ever say something stupid like that again, we're not right, gonna fire you. Thing. We're not gonna fire you. We're gonna throw you another beating. You, you. After the first time, then you become. It's a little more suspect as to what your motives are and who you really are. But you know, uh, busting someone's balls and it gets you know you step over the line with something racist or sexist, whatever. You know, you gotta use that as a teaching moment, not as a chance to cancel somebody. And what do I know? I'm just a dope on a radio. The best lessons learned are those at the end of a beating. <laughs> That's parenting 101. You and you and Miss, you and Doctor Spock, although he's dead now, so he's not writing any books. But you should write a follow up to Spock's book, "Not the <laughs> Long and Prosper Guy." It was just just titled. Sometimes you need a beaten, and that's B E A T I N apostrophe. Sometimes you need a beaten by Paul Cuthbert, PhD. <laughs> Oh, man. <laughs> Sick. Sick indeed. Don't be beaten. Man. Don't be beaten. All, All right. right. Okay. All right. All right. So. Um, yes, sir. As far as, as far as moving forward here in this segment, um, uh, you know what's coming up there, uh, buddy. But uh, in the not-too-distance weeks or twos. It's a baseball, baby. The great Woo! John Fogarty. Yeah. From 1986, the what title track from the album Center Field. Wow. Big fan over there, I see. Opening day's coming, baby. I, I like Fogarty because he was he, he was sued for copying himself, violating yeah. his own copyright. The nerve which is of him. One of the great lawsuits of all time. The nerve of him. 
that what, uh, what was it? Uh, Born in the Bayou and the um, what was the song that he wrote for this album? I think that was a, the copyright violation. I can't remember, but I do know that the trial he had to sit on the witness stand and play both songs to prove that they were not one was not a copyright. So One of anyway, the greatest it, songwriters and voices in American rock and roll, baby. Yep. Credence. And if you've never seen him live, do yourself a favor and find He's still out there. Huh? Go on YouTube and just watch a John Fogarty live concert. Uh, I recommend one. Always great shows. Orton City Limits. It's one of the best ones. But uh, love Johnny. But anyway. I think now baseball, I now... think of this song. Oh, it's um, The Old Man Down the Road. That's the song that they said was just like Born in the Bayou, which, by the way, it was. Um, but he he had to play both those songs in court. Too bad. Kind of, John Foley. So, and he lost. Money. He lost. He was plagiarizing, again, himself. himself. It's just yeah. a bizarre suit. Anyway, um, should we talk about what baseball is going to do on June the 2nd? Yes. Which I think is a tremendous move. Awesome. Go. Major League Baseball. Major League Baseball is going to honor Lou Gehrig. It's going to be Lou Gehrig Day, June the 2nd. Um, I, reading from the ESPN.com story, Major League Baseball will hold a sport-wide Lou Gehrig Day starting this season, honoring the Hall of Fame New York Yankees first baseman whose grace and courage fighting uh, amyotrophic lateral sclerosis inspired a group of those affected by the disease to make June 2nd synonymous with him. The plans announced by MLB on Thursday morning include an annual tribute in which uniform personnel wear a patch celebrating Gehrig and a 4-ALS logo commemorating his number four will be displayed around stadiums. The league will use the occasion to raise money and awareness to battle ALS and pay homage to ALS advocacy groups like the LG 4D 4-Day community, which turned an off-the-cuff text into a cause that will bring together the sport. I think... This is long overdue and a wonderful tribute to one of the great, not only great, one of the greatest players of all time, but just one of the great gentlemen and one of the great sportsmen of all time. I mean, just there's really there's very few athletes where you can say, "Boy, there's nothing bad about this guy." He truly was a great player who did everything right, and you know, just quietly went about the business of being one of the greatest hitters of all time. You know, and sadly, um, career ended way too soon. And the former, you know, the guy who used to, until Ripken broke it, used to hold the streak for most consecutive games played, which in a season when you're playing 150 plus games to never miss a game, that's impressive. So, um, and you this, know, one of his greatest qualities, obviously, was that it was a Yankee. Yes, He's I a know. Yankee, baby. And Columbia University's own, I know, he's a total New Yorker, born and bred. Well, I don't know if he's born in, born in New York, but certainly was bred in New uh, York. He was born June 19th, 1903, okay? In, in New York? The Is he a New York boy? He's the Iron Horse, okay? And he was born in Yorkville, Manhattan, which is also known as New York City, my friend. Well, there you go. So, yeah, so he ALS. He passed away in Riverdale, Bronx. City also. He, um, you know, they, the disease is known as Lou Gehrig's disease. Um, that's what he he eventually succumbed to. It's a terrible, terrible disease where basically your body, your whole, the, all your neurotransmitters, your neurological systems just shut down slowly over time. You become a prisoner in your own body. It's terrible. Um, and it's one of those causes that should be getting more attention, should be getting more research done. Um, and it started out this whole notion of having a 
uh, a day for Lou Gehrig starting out as a just a, a whim by three people who had connections to the disease, one of whom has since passed away from the disease, sort of saying to Major League Baseball in a text, hey, how about a day for Lou Gehrig? And that grassroots movement, you know, with emails and letters to Major League clubs, eventually got all the Major League clubs to say, absolutely, let's get on board. And the Major League Baseball gave approval to it. And so, you know, it took two years. Again, starting out as just a, a text with friends with that said, do you think it would be possible and appropriate to approach Major League Baseball doing something with Lou Gehrig like they've done with Jackie Robinson? And that text between three friends ended up where we are here. This is also the, um, the impetus for the Ice Bucket Challenge, which raised more than $100 million, by the way, the Ice Bucket Challenge. So all these dopey challenges that are out there, all of them owe their existence to the Ice Bucket Challenge. So the original and the best of all the challenges. When they actually – had something that was a challenge, you know, something hard to accomplish, not like, you know, lip syncing to Fleetwood Mac while holding a bottle of cranberry juice. I'm not sure there's a challenge there. That's not unless, a challenge. That's just something no. that went viral. Right, Leave the guy call, alone. They call it's it the cranberry food. juice challenge. And I love challenge. cranberry juice. They call that's it the Ocean Spray Challenge. What's the challenge? I don't know. Anyway, that's not what we're talking about. So Major League Baseball, you know, Rod Manfred and his watch has done a lot of things wrong. A lot. This one he got right. Although, really, what, what choice do you have? Was well, I agree no? with you what you said before, and I think a lot of people agree too. It's long overdue. It's just way long overdue. It actually yep. it, it, it puzzles me why they haven't had a Lou Gehrig day before. Yeah, and the reason for June 2nd is that's the day that he passed away in 1941. Yes, um, in Riverdale, Bronx. Yeah, so they um, they've honored. So they have a, a Roberto Clemente Day, they have a Jackie Robinson Day, and now they have a Lou Gehrig Day. And it's not just—I want people to understand this is not just. Hey, Lou Gehrig was a great player. Let's well, honor him. They need another day, right? You know what they need another start. day. I'm going to start talking about. I'm going to start singing Rex Harrison style "Candle in the Wind." If you go down that road, you know where they need a day. If you go down that road, they're not having a Joe Altabelli Day. <laughs> They're not going to have number 15 patches. I think that was his number. You better get it going on. No, I'm going to send see. an email. I want Joe Do not. Day. This is one that grassroots movement that I'm mowing. Hi, see what I did there? Uh, no, we're not going to belittle uh, Lou Gehrig's day by equating it with Altabelli Day. Not even in his own home is there an Altabelli Day. Even his own family, they're not going to honor him with a patch. Unless the nicotine patch, you know, smoking is a terrible disease in this country. Oh so, yeah, there you go. Good job, baseball. You don't often get things right these days, but when you do. Well, let me let's well. last note on baseball here before we move on. Um, uh, are they getting it right in Texas by letting everybody no. into the ballpark on opening day? Lord, no. <laughs> I got me and you no. two tickets, buddy. And we're going to sit right in just above home plate uh. a little further back. So the every the, the wind that blows in through the stadium, it all centralizes right there up mid home plates, you know, just a little bit. So I got two tickets. Are you ready? So so last year, Texas opened Globe Life Field. And it was only open during the postseason and not even for Texas Ranger fans because they weren't in the postseason. Now Texas this year for the last two exhibition games and for opening day, and this is in accordance with Governor Greg Abbott's proclamation that the state is fully open. And no masks. Fully open. We're going to Leroy Jenkins our way into the future out of this COVID nightmare. 
Uh, the Texas Rangers are going to open to full 40,518 capacity Yee-haw! for the two and opening days with plans to have social distance sections available in subsequent games. Well, oh, great. So you're going to pack 40,000 people. It's going to be as packed as Elvis's colon for three games. And then you're going to say, well, and then we're going to ease back on the number of people. Hey, the damage will be done by then. Well, buddy, get your popcorn out because I think that's the big question. Are 40,000 people going to go hang out together in this stadium? Are there a, enough I, bunch of yahoos to do this? I mean, I mean, you can say everybody come in, but will everybody will, come in? That's the question. Will they come in? And I, I sadly think, let's say you get 50%. Let's say half of the people come in for opening day at Globe Life. Um, that's 20,000 people and change. That means to get half the people, and if my math is correct, and it rarely is, that means every other seat is going to be filled. And, and again, masks masks are not required in Tejas. So are we going? Sure, we'll do a live remote. Our first show in Texas and our last show together. <laughs> our last Hancho show. We're going to be maskless. We're going to run into the stands. Uh, we'll be like Morgana the Kissing Bandit. We'll find random people and we'll just give them a big old kiss on the lips. From your honchos, the COVID honchos. Yeah, it's just Texas. I, I don't know. Man. I, I Again, 40,000 come in. Will they all come in? Uh, who knows? 40,000 came in. Jeez. Oh, One came out. Walked out. <laughs> you know what this reminds me of as we continue to mine for cult, pop culture references when you and I were kids? Remember the movie The Killer Bees? It was a TV movie. And I yes. believe at the oh, end. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. At the end of the it movie. It was some great. Death scenes in that. Yes. At the end of the movie, they lured all the killer bees into the Astrodome. Yes. And killed them there. Much like what they did with that terrible Matthew Broderick Godzilla movie where they lured Godzilla into Madison Square Garden. And I think they turned up the air conditioning. And I think with the bees, they did the same sort of temperature thing and killed them all in the Astrodome. That's what this is. These 40,000 bees are going into Globe Life Field never to be seen or heard from again. Maybe that's how Governor Abbott is going to thin the herd in the state or find herd immunity. Just say, hey, have COVID. Free tickets to the baseball game, everybody. Can't wait for opening day, uh, uh, the kickoff for the Cowboys. That's just going to be wait. great, too, man. It's going to be awesome pay. stuff. And I mean, that's, what, 70,000 people? Hmm. Well, look, uh, for any of you uh, Texas baseball fans that are heading down to this game, this game opening day, we would like to ask all of you to make sure – that you're all cleaned up oh, downstairs. Yes. There's the cue. Even though you don't have much going on upstairs, make sure your downstairs is all cleaned up. And it's you know, lots of time on hot shows. You know where you don't need a mask? Down there, which we do not speak. Hey, friends. Support for the sports honchos is brought to you by Manscaped. That's right. Who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming? Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. You know, Paul, the other day I was... Grooming myself south of the equator with a hedge trimmer and some candle wax. And I thought to myself, my God, there has to be a better way. There has to be a better method. Well, let me tell you, thank God there is a better way. It's the Manscaped way. Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. The Manscaped engineering team has perfected the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created and including the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0. Their third-generation trimmer features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents. And look, when I tell you this is premium, I mean Is premium. it premium? 
It's premium. You know the battery will last up to 90 minutes, so you can take a longer shave. And as I tell you guys every week, if you're spending 90 minutes down there, you've got some serious problems. Good time. The, uh, the waterproof technology allows you to groom in the shower. Outstanding. Make sure you clear the drain, please. And one of the coolest features is the LED light, which illuminates grooming areas for a closer and more precise trimming. So all the people like to trim in the middle of the night, even during a blackout, you can still you know, work it down there. Hey, they've also upgraded to a 7,000 RPM motor with quiet stroke technology. Oh, and nice. let's not forget about Paul's favorite, the charging stand. Woo-hoo! Show your mower off loud and proud because this intelligently designed stand is a convenient charging dock powered by USB technology. If you're listening to me speak right now, and I know you are, I, am. I, am. I want you to experience it firsthand for yourself. Let's get that bush to tush clean and stop using a rusty menorah down there. Oh. And get manscaped. Now remember, here's the big here's the big news. I mean, this is a huge. Get twenty percent off and free shipping with the code Honchos and free shipping. Manscaped.com and free shipping. You know, giving you twenty percent off would have been enough, as my people say on Passover. But they're going to give you <laughs> free shipping. So make your testies their besties. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code HONCHOS, H-O-N-C-H-O-S at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping. And free shipping, Rob! At manscaped.com. And use the code, people, H-O-N-C-H-O-S, your balls. And Paul and I and Manscaped will thank you. Thank you, Manscaped. Thank you for sponsoring this high-quality showgram, Manscaped. Go, folks. We appreciate it. Especially you fans down in Texas. You Rangers fans. Clean yourself up down there. You want to look good on national, worldwide TV, because you know they're going to be showing this opening day all around the world. (laughs) And they might uh, not title it very friendly in the headlines. Can you think of one or two, Rob? 40,000 more? What what are we going to call this? Uh, Just 40,000 bees. Okay. 40,000 bees lured into Globe Life Field. Good luck to you. I know it's not indoors like the Astrodome. I get it. But still. Why don't they just have everybody lick the COVID pole on their way in? Hey, here's a COVID lollipop for all the fans. It's it's COVID lollipop giveaway night at Globe Life Field. You're Manscaped, Dennis. That's right. Thank you, Manscaped. Thank you very much. Tell them Paul and Rob sent you. Yes, tell them Rob, Paul and Rob, and make sure you use the Honchos, H-O-N-C-H. Oh, S. S. All right, buddy. You know, again, I'll say this. After the after the Super Bowl, I thought we weren't playing this music anymore. But, man, this just, there's tons of football. But right now, Rob's going to do a little football news from the National Mediocrity League. All right. Well, offseason. Here we go. The, the big news, of course, is, is the ongoing quarterback carousel. And the big news from the carousel is that if those of you who are planning on holding a bake sale, for one, Dak Prescott of the Dallas Cowboys, you can cancel those plans. At the last minute, before he was due to become, before they were going to slap the old franchise tag on Dak Prescott, the Cowboys and Dak Prescott agreed to a four-year, $160 million contract, including $126 million guaranteed. So if, you know, this week or next week when he's celebrating St. Patrick's he Day. You better not suck. Something bad happens, he's still getting $126 million. That, I believe, is the largest guarantee 
um, of any contract. Prescott's signing bonus is $66 million, the highest in NFL history, with $75 million due in year one. The first three years of the deal averaged $42 million per year. And all I can say to that is, oy vey. Um, I, the number I heard was he makes like several hundred dollars per second every, 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 every second that he's breathing and a member of the Cowboys. Um, so the highest selling bonuses in NFL history, the highest was 65 million by Russell Wilson. And now it's 66 million for Dak Prescott, who, as you know, last year, um, had a shortened season before he had a horrible ankle injury, um, cutting his season short. But look, here's the reality folks. To win in the NFL, you got to have a quarterback. I, I don't care who anybody, any other position on your team, a mediocre quarterback's not going to get it done. Dak Prescott, is he elite? Eh, you know, let's see. Uh, looking at the other signing bonuses, here are the record signing bonuses. Russell Wilson, elite. Aaron Rodgers, elite. Matthew Stafford, great, not elite. Matt Ryan and Joe Flacco, uh, neither one of those guys are elite. Dak Prescott, he's right there just below elite, but the point is you need to have one of these guys to win, and the price tag is is obnoxiously high, $40 million bucks. but that's the price to do in business. And the Cowboys are lucky. The Cowboys could have signed him for much less had they gotten they their act together a couple years ago. They suck. But they're not going to – look, they're not going to find another Dak Prescott anytime soon. They suck just enough to get a really mediocre draft pick every year. You know, when we get to the preseason next uh, couple of months here. Unless we go to Texas. Well, yeah, I mean, that's if uh, everybody in Texas is still alive. Um, but, man, I'd love to see – we have to see the prices for tickets, man. Or for well, them. yes, I'm sure. That, we have you know, to take these, these, you got to make this money up somewhere. God. The money's got to be made up somewhere. And also, in sort of related news, Ben Roethlisberger, who was waffling back and forth and whether or not he was going to play – uh, and what now? Then, the, then the, the Steelers came out and said, "Well, you know, he's our quarterback, the dreaded for now." He signed a uh, one-year contract to stay in Pittsburgh for 2021, probably the last year of his career. He renegotiated his contract. It was he was going to make 41.2 million, uh, but he has now uh, renegotiated to give a more cap-friendly number to the team. The details were not disclosed, but clearly less than 41 million. Um, so for the, uh, Steeler fans, that's one more year of Roethlisberger. I don't see him staying beyond this year. I don't think the Steelers see him staying. I really didn't think he was coming back. I really didn't. I didn't think I, I knew he wanted to come back. Even after the Cleveland playoff loss, we were sitting on the bench with, uh, Pouncey and they were both had tears in their eyes. They looked like two guys who were ready for Ingleside. Pouncey did retire. And I think big Ben, I thought he was, again, I thought the Steelers were like, let's have a mutual parting of the ways, but apparently not. I guess they said they looked at Dwayne Haskins, who's the backup there, and said, nah, we probably need one more year with Roethlisberger. Does that mean they're going to draft somebody in the this coming draft? Probably not in the first round, but I wouldn't be surprised they took a flyer on somebody in the third or fourth round um, that they can bring up to learn from Big Ben. But I say, going into 2022, if you're a Steeler fan, you're, you're a little... <laughs> Well, if you're a Steeler fan, you can probably still afford to the price. game. Go to the game. If you're a Cowboys fan, you might not be able to afford to go to the game. Go to the game. Yeah. And they're going to open up that stadium, too. 100,000 people. That's right. going to be fun. Boy. So, 
more on the carousel. Uh, Deshaun Watson, still a Texan. Russell Wilson, still a Seahawk. And Sam Darnold, in your backyard, still a member of the New York Jets, Jets, Jets. Although if you listen to general manager Joe Douglas, uh, who once considered Sam Darnold untouchable asset, said in a, in a conference call earlier this week, hey, I'll answer the call if it's made. Uh, confirming previous reports the Jets are willing to field inquiries. He said, as it pertains to Sam, we think Sam is a dynamic player in this league with unbelievable talent. He really has a chance to hit his outstanding potential moving forward. Now, that's high praise. Then he finishes by saying, but if calls are made, I will answer them. What exactly does that mean? Does, isn't that what you do when somebody calls? So to me, sounds like a guy who says he's great. Make us an offer. So he can't be too happy with Sam Darnold. So look for Darnold to move. Look for Wilson and Watson to stay right where they are unless somebody just gives up an unbelievably stupid amount of draft picks and players to get Watson, who is elite. But are you going to give up your future for a guy who will be great for you as you go 4-12, and 5-11 and 11 every year because you've stripped the cover there to get him? All right. Well, that's – yeah. That's so there you go. Freaking Jets. That's man. it. Good luck down over there. You know what I'm saying? So, so but, uh, one last thing on football, uh, free agency. What's going on your in in your area there in uh, in uh, in Washington D.C. and in the Ravens there? What do you got? What do you got? Um, well, I was just going to say that um, next week, free agency starts. Monday yeah. is the legal tampering period. Wednesday is uh, the official start of free agency. So we'll have lots to talk about next week when we see. By the time you and I go on the air a week from today. A lot of free agents are going to move. All right. So more on that. We'll say that for next uh, week. Next week. And we'll also say the Ravens have this cuckoo nutty uh, change to the overtime rules. We'll address that as well next week. (laughs) It's really it's it's one of those things that we can talk about anytime. It's not going to happen, but it's so wackadoo that I wanted to get your opinion on it. We're going to probably uh, football heavy next week. Free agency next week. Okay. So. All right. So there you go. Some interesting and nothing, players. Nothing, were... nothing about the, the, the your Washington football club there? You, you we, we got some saving that for the end yeah, of the okay. show. Okay. Oh. Um, I will say this, that you know the franchise Ooh. tag deadline was yesterday. Okay. Uh, some interesting players were not tagged. Um, so we'll see uh, what happens there. Kenny Galladay. Aaron Jones, Johnny Smith, Hunter Henry. These guys are now going to make a boatload of money as unrestricted free agents. Uh, Allen Robinson and Chris Godwin were tagged. The two best wide receivers are potentially off the market. Um, So we'll see. It'll be an interesting time next Wednesday. Again, by this time next week, we will have a lot of movement to talk about. Woohoo! All right, let's uh, just touch on one or two miscellaneous items here. Um,. You wanted uh you want to mention something about this uh, Arlington uh, High School team here? It sounds like a pretty interesting story. Yeah, this is this. I, I so I got my vaccine on uh, this past Congratulations, Saturday. Mr. Thank you. And as I'm sitting waiting in line at, at the amusement park where they were giving this out, this story came on the radio about this team and this girls' high school team in Tennessee. It's an amazing story. I, I highly recommend you, you read up yourself it's arlington high school in tennessee girls basketball the girls basketball team was banned from the postseason after an incident 
where the son of one of the team's coaches, there's a lot of moving parts here, the son of one of the team's coaches decided to punch the coach of Dyer County High School, which I guess is their rival, uh, in the face repeatedly after a game on March the 2nd. So there was a game between Arlington and Dyer County. A kid jumped on the coach of Dyer County, this Derek McCord person, and punched him multiple times in the face. The child was later revealed to be the son of Arlington High School's head coach, and even though he does not attend the school where his mom is the coach, the punishment was still levied towards his dad's program. There's a lot going on in that sense. Basically, the kid attacked the coach, this Derek McCord person. This coach was trash-talking his mom's team. So the kid jumped the coach and punched him repeatedly. And the, 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 the Arlington County school system, whoever levies these penalties, said, all right, because it was the coach's son who jumped this other coach – we're banning you from the postseason. Now, since this story, since this time on Saturday, this team has now been reinstated to the postseason because there's been a restraining order placed against Arlington High School and the Board of Education and the Tennessee Secondary School Athletic Association saying you can't levy this penalty, not yet. We have to have a hearing on this. So for now, the Arlington High School girls team is in the postseason pending this injunction, this appeal for injunctive relief. Uh, the minor, the person who jumped the coach, will not be allowed on, Arling- on ACS property, that's Arlington Community Schools, for the remainder of the school year. Um, and reviewing the actions of the opposing coach, determine whether a competitive partnership will continue in the future. There's a lot in this stew. But basically, the girls' team, whose coach's son jumped another coach – was banned from the postseason, and then now they're back in the postseason temporarily. It's quite an amazing story. I, it, there's so much to unpack here. Then I heard, on, as I was listening to this on the radio, people calling into the national show on CBS radio saying they live in Tennessee, and apparently some of the girls from the – this is all allegation hearsay. They, this, person, this caller alleged that some of the girls on the team whisked the coach's son away from the scene before the police could arrive. None of that – Again, that's an allegation I heard from a caller to a, to a national radio show. This is not in the article. This is not proven that that happened. It's just there's so many layers to this onion. But it's fascinating that the girls' team, which did nothing wrong except have a coach's son who's a, a total moron apparently, and now their season could be ending. And they were the best team in their league, 13-2 wow. and two, I believe the record was. So stay tuned on this one. It's just that's a great story. I'm Marvel's already writing the sc- I've been listening to you. I've been writing the screenplay. Yeah, I mean, it's just, again, so many moving parts to this. Right, it's going to be a movie at some point. So we'll see. We'll see what happens with this. As of now, the, the, the Arlington High School girls team is still in the postseason. Stay tuned, as they say. We'll try to follow up. All right, and uh, one real quick thing. It's a pretty big thing in the world of soccer. The Champions League, European Champions League, is going on right now over the seas, over the oceans, over there. Two of the biggest names, two of the biggest names are out. They're gone, Rob. Two of your favorites. Oh, no. Lionel Messi and his Barcelona FC Barker are out. Done. Finished. And Cristiano Ronaldo and his Um, Italian team, Juventus. Done, baby. Out. So two two of the league's youngest old guys are out. Biggest stars in European soccer 
are out. Do either one of them uh, play for the Scotch tapes? You know, I gotta always gotta. We'll, we'll continue to follow up on uh, some soccer as we go on. And everybody's excited about the MLS returning soon. I know Rob is. So uh, we'll bring I the soccer back as uh, things move forward. Can't wait. Uh, yes, I know you can't wait. And my Manchester United beat Manchester City. And Manchester is red. Thank you very much. That's the Manchester Derby, as they call it. So, but now. It's time. Time for the Dope of the week. That's awesome, dude. Hey, you guys know the drill by now. The Gags Gang and I spend countless hours each week in the basement of the Go Sports Media Complex to come up with each week's winner. And you can, for absolutely no reward save for our undying respect and gratitude, help pilot the show by nominating a Dope of the Week yourself. Use the hashtag DOTW on Twitter. And who will be carrying the mythical Sports Honcho's Dope of the Week cup around the ice rink of shame this week? Why, somebody near and dear to my heart, it pains me to say this, but not really, Daniel M. Snyder, owner of the Washington football team, or as I like to call them, the Woofedskins. Way to go, Dan! Ah, yes, it has not been a good year for the Danny, and not just because of the pandemic. In fact, the pandemic was the best thing to happen to Snyder since last March. Snyder has weathered a ham-fisted name change wild internet rumors that included allegations of ties to Jeffrey Epstein and paying off referees, allegations by former employees of sexual harassment by top-level executives with the team and an insidious pattern of misogynistic behavior in the organization, an NFL investigation to whether these allegations, if true, rise to the level of divestment of the team, the acrimonious end to the cheerleaders, a complete overhaul of his team executives, and lawsuits with his with and against his minority investors. Why, Snyder is one plague short of a full Passover-style apocalypse. So, what did little Danny Snyder decide to do? I repair his image, of course. One problem. Snyder is a notorious recluse who almost never appears in public. He is especially uncomfortable speaking in public, as evidenced by his last public appearance in January of 2020, when he introduced then-new head coach Ron Rivera by proudly proclaiming, quote, First off, happy Thanksgiving, everyone. And it was, let me remind you, it was January. I add parenthetically, I have that sound clip. And on this past Thanksgiving, I sent all of my friends that sound clip. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. He is also largely without friends and allies in the NFL and the local government, which is why getting a new stadium built has been so difficult for him. Now, Snyder decided instead of a public tour to rehabilitate his image and the team's image, he turned to our old friend, the Internet, and his social media blitz. Unfortunately, Snyder and possibly Julie Jensen, the new senior vice president for external engagement and communications, that's a real title, handled this in the same incompetent manner as everything else his team has done. I'm sure Jensen had various plans to put a shine on the organization, but it feels like Snyder did not seem to want to be bothered by details and instead just wanted good publicity at any cost. It reminds me of the time that Russ Cargill of the EPA tried to make plans with President Schwarzenegger and hit it. Mr. President? Yeah, that is me. Pollution in Springfield has reached crisis levels. Ugh, I hate this job. Everything's crisis, decent, end of the world, that. Nobody opens with a joke. I miss Danny DeVito. You want a joke, huh? Stop me if you've heard this one. <laughs> huh? Look at those angry eyes and giant teeth. 
like Christmas at the Kennedy compound. You know, sir, when you made me head of the EPA, you were applauded for appointing one of the most successful men in America to the least successful agency in government. And why did I take the job? Because I'm a rich man who wanted to give something back. Not the money, but something. So here is our chance to kick some ass for Mother Earth. I'm listening. Well, I've narrowed your choices down to five unthinkable options. Each will cause untold misery. I pick number three. You don't even want to read them first? I was elected to lead, not to read. Number three. Uh, Snyder, it seems, bought the team to break it and not to make it. <laughs> Sorry, folks. That's the best I could do in short notice. Hey, Paulie, you ever yes. heard of the website nyctalk.org? I have not, Mr. Cuny. Well, n- well, you, you're not alone. Neither have most people outside of the state of New York. Yet, there are Facebook ads promoting an article on nyctalk.org, promoting the charitable works of Snyder. This site, however, is not updated regularly. There is no contact information, and the domain is not publicly registered. And then, and as if that were not suspicious enough, on March 4th and 5th, a series of tweets from different women appeared on Twitter singing the praises of Snyder and the Wolfskins. And if you'll allow me, I'll just read a couple. Please from do so. Ina, Ina Kresmer, do right, receive good karma, shout out to Washington NFL and at NFL for working on diversity. From Keon Rodan, I love how at Washington NFL is setting the example in the NFL, the at NFL with cultural changes. From Marsha Pick, okay, at Washington NFL, be the change you want to see in the world. Diversity, I see you at NFL, and so on and so forth. Now, uh, any tweets supporting Snyder and the Wolfskins are encouraging, but when they are from women, it must make Snyder feel better as an owner and a person. Again, one small problem, Danny. They were fake. They were bots. <laughs> I had a feeling. Not only were all of the accounts in question opened in October of 2020, but Snyder and his minions did not even bother to check what was being tweeted before they were put on the web. Many of these women, I put say that in quotes, tweeted the same message. Not less than four or five tweeted the same, uh, okay at Washington NFL, be the change you want to see in the world, diversity, I see you at NFL. Not less than four or five women, different accounts, tweeted the same thing. And it was not a retweet. These were supposed original tweets. Yes, folks, just when you think things could not be worse, along comes Dan Snyder to prove that when you reach the bottom of the barrel, you merely find another barrel. To paraphrase the, the great Tom Levero, he is the arsonist's fireman. So, <laughs> Daniel M. Snyder, for your continued destruction of the franchise you claim to love, for seemingly taking image repair advice from the late Marge Shot, and for not knowing the meaning of the words public, relations, and disaster, you are the sports honchos dope of the week. Congrats, God, Dan. Man. Your certificate is being Woo-hoo. tweeted out by some bots on nyctalk.org. What a dope. I wish I, I wish this was a made-up story, but sadly, no. it's not. It's That's just one one more for the list That's the boy. of grievances against Dan Snyder. It just it never ends around here. It never ends. You know, hopefully you can top this off by opening up the stadium, you know, full capacity. Well, yeah, you know? Maybe. Actually, uh, our, our fine governor said 50% capacity at stadiums and restaurants and theaters, so... Right away? Yeah, right away. So Camden Yards, you know, insert joke here, can have 50% capacity, which I know for them is a sellout. Ha ha ha. Doot, 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 doot. 
I get it. Maybe they'll get full capacity and Joe out to belly night. Hey, what what is the Orioles chant? Like, you know, we got let's go Yankees. What do you got in Baltimore? What do you guys chant? We have no chant except for let's go O's. But we do have this. Let's go O's. Okay, wait. Even you think that's bad. There's this back in the heyday of the late 70s, early 80s, when they would do the Star Spangled Banner. At then Memorial Stadium, it was Fort Camden Yards. When they get to the O, say, can you see? Uh, they, um, they, get, they would all go O all at the same time, which was kind of cool. Except, except every fucking local sports team adopted that for themselves, even though it makes no sense except for the Orioles. So now wherever you go, Caps games, Skins games, Wizards games, when they go O, say, does that. Star Spangled, everyone goes, oh, and it drives me knucking futs. So thanks a lot, Orioles. But yeah, that's pretty much tradition. Uh, Oh, we also. I don't want to comment on the sports fan base down there. We also yell, Pot Van Sucks, because every arena should yell, Pot Van Sucks. That's ours. (laughs) You can't have that one. Dumb sports fans down there. (laughs) I love that. I I find myself saying it myself at random events. Podman sucks. People look at me like, what the hell is the matter with you? You know, back in the days when we could go out and not feel like we're going to die. They're coming back, baby. Special in Texas. Head on down to the big state, the Lone Star State, and you go whatever the hell you want, Rob. Yep, come Kill on Killer B night. Yeah, Killer B night. Good stuff. All right, folks. That's another Honchos episode in the books. And next week, we'll be back here on St. Patrick's Night. Drinking yes. beers and talking about me lucky charms. It's going to be we'll a great a... night, so make sure you come right. back. We'll be here with our lucky charms, wearing green, our, you know, our all our, we'll have our Guinness stouts. It'll be great. We'll be, every possible Irish stereotype will be mined for comedy gold. So break out your corned beef and cabbage. Aaron Gobralis, everyone. Next See, week. We'll be right here next week for oh, St. No. Patrick's Day. You're St. Patrick's always. Day honchos. Thanks as always for sharing and following all that good stuff. So on behalf of your children, Paul Cuthbert, good night, everybody. Have a great week. And Rob, please say to the loops to the gang. Good night, everybody. Thank you for listening and all the other good stuff oh, you do. Oh, do it with- in that radio voice, quick. Hey, Rob, everybody. Thanks for listening. And hey, don't forget, who's playing the most music? The and- Macho's out. Peace.